Oh, we are live, Clo. No, oh, yes, no, yes. Look at me, guys. Yes. I'm not prepared. <laughs> Hang on. I still, I still have to start the uh, the Twitter Spaces because we are everywhere. We're on Spotify. We're on uh, YouTube. We're on my blog. We're on Facebook. Facebook. Uh, but this is the Twitter part uh, for as long as it still works, you know, Twitter. Um, <laughs> I had a rumor that uh, the, um, the, the, yeah, or do you have your finger on the button? Yeah. Elon Musk might bring back uh, Vine oh. and the live streaming. So that would be like literally the first good thing, a uh, good decision that he's done. This yeah. is edition number 17. 17. Yeah. For you guys, welcome to Chaos and Amazement, where we explore the impact of digital technology on our daily lives. And my name is Phil Vreyen. My name is Chloe Willards, and yeah. Together we are building socialowners.com, and just one week we need to wait for a big release. Yeah, we teased last time about the new release of, uh, uh, you know, grown-ups, uh, grown-up landing pages. And uh, it, I just got the guarantee from our uh, star developer. Yeah. It's definitely going live next Friday. That's how you make things happen by, you know, talking about them and then, you know, it's top of mind with yourself yeah. as well. So we might be sitting here with a bottle of champagne next week. Who knows? So this week. This week. Yeah. Um, it's been a good week. How was your? Uh, yeah, really good. Yeah, really good. I got a lot of uh, public speaking tasks. And yeah, I love it. And they also announced that I will be the host at the University of Hasselt at the 10th of May. So people can come and watch our podcast live in the Ola. Wow. Yeah. And yeah, it will follow up with, uh, with videos we're going to post later than the event. But yeah, nice. Cool. Looking forward. Yeah, the younger generations. Uh, and, and they react well, you know, yeah, to the yeah. whole message of uh, creativity and the marketplace yeah. and uh, getting really good at creating content using the latest tools. Yeah. The, the thing that made me really happy, the, the best news, I think, uh, all week was at Runway. You know, one of my favorites, uh, if you ask me where is AI and video going, the answer to me is Runway ML. Uh, I think we mentioned it a couple of times before. It now has an app. Oh, so if finally. You, yes. Uh, and the app, so you just uh, search for Runway ML, I think, in your uh, favorite app store. Um, and uh, you get 250 credits, uh, which get you, I think, I tried something and it cost me 15 credits. Um, so you can mess around with it a little bit and mm. then try to play with it. So currently in the app, it's only g what they call Gen 1 mm. yeah. uh, of their platform. And uh, with every generation, it becomes more amazing, of course, and uh, more indistinguishable, even more indistinguishable from magic. Um, but the Gen 1 that they have there is um, that you can um, transfer the style of, for example, claymation, yeah. Wallace and Gromit style, uh, or black and white animated charcoal drawings onto your own video. Short video, of course, like 15 seconds. Uh, but I, 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 I downloaded it the second I heard about it, and then it took me like two days to be able to create an account. So I think it's been mm. pretty busy on the server. Yeah. Uh, but then yesterday I played around with it. So for everyone here who realizes that you have to become really good in being a creative uh, today, two apps that you need to use 
uh, today download today's CapCut and I'll also Runway. Yeah. Wow. So that will... Um, That's good news. Yes, very good news. That excited me. And then another one um, that uh, I used this morning because I only heard about it this morning. Um, so Grammarly, which has been around for ages. Um, if you, like me, write a lot of content, so my f my base format is basically text. Mm -hmm. With you, it's like images, but for me, it's text. So I've been using Grammarly for quite a while now. I never publish anything, a book or a blog post, without first running it through mm -hmm. Grammarly. So the good thing about Grammarly is that it remembers your preferences, so it's a lot more than just a spell check. Mm -hmm. And then lately I noticed that sometimes it will make suggestions, like want to sound more confident. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Who yeah. doesn't? <laughs> uh, and then it will suggest to rephrase your paragraph or your sentence. So they were already moving up, but this morning I found out they also have a new feature called Grammarly Go. Okay. Uh, and uh, and that's um, pure generative AI for text. And uh, it is a separate app, which I haven't downloaded yet, because uh, you can also, I use Grammarly in, in Safari, in the mm. browser, really. Yeah. And um, uh, it just, you have to summon it. A little bit like you have to summon Bing's creative mode and you have to really look in Canva where their text-to-image AI is. Uh, so um, at a certain point, uh, it, it popped up more or less and I, you, it's conversational AI, so you ask it questions and then can you write a blog post about this or that, and then it does. Uh, but then it reminded me more the interface of Deepl. You, have yeah. you used Deepl yeah. before? Deeple, so yeah. for those who don't know, so Deepl is D-E-P-L. I think it's simply .com, right? So if you type in... Yeah, Deeple, I think so. It's it's like trans Google Translate, but um, it's, uh, it's smarter because you can hover over the translated text and then it will come up with alternatives. Mm. So whenever... There's a word that you think uh, doesn't fit in the context uh, because that that's not a word they use in this industry for mm -hmm. this type of thing. Um, you can see a lot of alternatives and then it will adapt the rest of the paragraph to it, which is important in French, for example, because their words, I know this sounds funny, but in French, words have sex. <laughs> so they're either female or male, that's my point. And it can have consequences for the rest of the text. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I, I just really <laughs> wanted to say that in French, words have sex. Uh. Uh, anyway, Deeple, and um, so uh, Grammarly Go um, uh, behaves a little bit like that. So it will give you a text, um, but then it will also allow you to kind of tweak it in, in a very small pop-up, I must say. And then the minute you're more or less happy with this generated text, you can uh, choose Insert, and then you will end up in your trusted Grammarly environment. Yeah. And this environment uh, that... For example, in my case, I've been working with for over five years now, remembers my settings and my preferences. And then it will nevertheless, even though Go created it, yeah. uh, the Grammarly proper will then uh, still make suggestions uh, for the spelling, the yeah. word choice, uh, passive sentences, etc. And um, I, I wrote a, a blog post about it, which is linked to in the show notes in my newsletter, Chaos and Amazement, globalarts.substack.com uh, for the fans. And or you uh, can find it in the description, of course. So, yeah. um, I mean, it's different from ChatGPT, though. Uh, the creativity is different. Uh, ChatGPT has been pre-trained on Wikipedia, Reddit, and Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, while Grammarly Go has been pre-trained, I think, 
by all these Grammarly customers mm. that have been using Grammarly yeah. and, and writing Grammarly. So it's, it's trained on a completely different set. Uh, although it's also creative in its own mind, I think it's a safer choice um, because, as you know, chat GPT will sometimes uh, show a bias and then go, you know, uh, over to the dark side, uh, be a little bit, you know, racist. Yeah. Or I, d I don't think Grammarly Go will go there. Not because it's been throttled, it's not, uh, but be because it's been trained, mm. I think, on texts of professional copywriters. So, um, and now my writing routine has become a mix of going to Bing first because I'm still in a very steady relationship with Bing, um, the app Bing in creative mode, because Bing can do internet research for me. And um, an example that I uh, that I demoed earlier this week was, let's just say you have to write a text uh, for your website about Earth Day and the, the theme is bee colonies. Mm. So I simply ask Bing, is it true that bees are dying? And it will say, yes, it's true. And then uh, this is the status and bee population decline and links to a number of reports. So that kind of gives me a very good angle, mm -hmm. but not a text. Uh, I will copy paste the angle with, uh, uh, you know, source from around the web to ChatGPT because ChatGPT is really good at transforming a text. Yeah. Yeah. Like in this case, search results from Big. Transform this into, uh, into a blog post. I'm not really happy about it. Um, then use uh, Grammarly Go um, to come up with extra paragraphs that, while maintaining a good flow, uh, and then uh, using Grammarly proper to put it in my writing style, and then use Lex. So the address for Lex is lex.page. Lex is another generative AI. Okay. Um, yeah, which is, I found out, really good at coming up with blog titles. Oh, it's really? Yeah, that's what I use. I it don't for. know the. You could ask Lasks, uh, you say, write a blog post about declining bee populations. It will do similarly. Not as good as ChatGPT, not as good. The research won't be as good as Bing's. Hmm. Um, the flow and the grammar will not be as good as Grammarly goes. <clears throat> but it's genius when you ask it to come up with a really good title. Uh, and it will just show you five pretty good titles and then 10 more if you ask it. And I, all of the titles on my blog posts uh, are from Lex. So this whole mix of tools I'm using right now um, to create more content, in my case, uh, text. So that makes me very, very happy. I don't have a sense that I'm that my texts are losing soul. Uh, with uh, Casey Neistat, in his video last week called it, it uh, your content becomes a copy a photocopy of a photocopy yeah. of a photocopy i don't have the sense i now feel empowered by a small army uh, of very eager uh, co-pilots mm. really and and each one of them is is good at one aspect that really helps me get from one rough angle uh, to a first draft to a second draft and then I'm finally a text that i'm happy with mm -hmm. So that's why, um, uh, yeah, I have a, a, a really, I'm very, very optimistic uh, about the way this is going. Wow. Uh, and nice. then we had even more good news. Oh, that, that's another thing that I wrote a blog post about. So Black Mirror is coming back, people. Wow. So that's going to be a sixth season. Finally. Finally. Yes, yes, finally. Because the last installment uh, of Black Mirror, so they had five seasons. I yeah. didn't even realize that, five yeah. seasons, um, was in 2019. 
Yeah, it's a long time ago. That's like pre-pandemic. Yeah. That's that's like a different age. Every different every era. year I go back and I go to Black Mirror. Oh no, new season. Oh, no, no, yeah, now, there's a new one coming now. And okay. I I saw the uh, the trailer. It's it was pretty pretty violent. That's what struck me. There's a lot of. Yeah, it's very it's it's closer. Of course, it's just a trailer, and the trailer wants to make people excited about the next season, and I make sure that they keep it on their watch list somehow. But um, it struck me that it was uh, closer to a horror movie than to science fiction. Okay. Yeah. So, and um, and and so in in the show notes, I link to a blog post where I discuss my three favorite Black Mirror episodes. Um, and like the one called Nosedive, where everyone is giving scores to each other, yeah. and if you have a low score, you can't enter the building anymore. Yeah. There's the other one called Hated by the Nation, uh, where people who are being canceled uh, on uh, death, hashtag death to, and then a name, and if enough people uh, tweet uh, with this hashtag pointing to you, for example, you would be killed. Okay. Uh, by the end of the day, there's death to the nation. Um, and then there's the other one uh, that is in black and white with these uh, spot-like robo dogs that hunt mm. down a woman uh, because oh, she was part of a group of people who were stealing from. Yeah. Uh, uh, For me, it was the one with the couple who had the lenses, and the lenses who are uh, wired with your brains, uh -huh. and that you can uh, recall all your events. Ooh. So what you did, and that was a really crazy episode because. The wife and the husbands, yeah. Oh, usually yeah. it's just the wife yeah. uh, who remembers that you forgot the anniversary, the wedding anniversary. Yes, yeah, was like this. Oh you forgot God, this, and no, okay, listen, oh, like this, yeah, <laughs> yeah, crazy. So um, let me check if I got. I don't. I didn't take note of the date, uh, but it's something that I'm literally looking forward to. Yeah. Uh, season six of Black Mirror, and I, I. I I'm very, very eager to watch. I'm gonna drop I'm, everything. I'm curious, people who didn't watch the series who, before, before, before all this happens with AI, was like, oh, pff. and now if they watch it, yeah. they will be like, a oh, lot of the things damn. that were shown in Black Mirror episodes are now reality. Yeah. So usually, science fiction movies are like 10, 20 years ahead of mm. reality. Um, but uh, Black Mirror, they were very, very close. Although when we were watching it, we thought, yeah, that's, you know, science fiction. Mm -hmm. It's just, you know, something that science fiction authors will write about. It's not reality. And then only two or three years after that, oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah. Um, it's happening. Black Mirror season six. But we need a little bit of chaos as well because we, we can't be happy all the time, right? So <laughs> we need a little bit of darkness in our lives. And the darkness is now on the side of uh, Be Real. Uh, Be oh. Real, yeah. Be Real had a really good 2021, I think. Or was that Clubhouse? And was 2022 Be Real? Uh, we then. discussed it a few weeks ago, yeah. that uh, the, the, the decliment of the yes, users. Yes, yeah. yes, um, But they, I don't know what happened at Be Real headquarters this week, but something weird must have happened. I, so I don't, I'll double check, so Be Real is there's this website called data.ai where you can check in the category social media, for example, both for Android and iPhone users, uh, what the top 10 is of the, uh, the social media apps with the most active users and be real is not even in the top 10 anymore. So um, it's uh, falling off the skills. And so 
Um, there were a couple of news articles this week about what is being called Bereel's slow fade. And uh, one of them was uh, TheVerge.com. TheVerge.com yeah. um, wrote an article with an overview of um, the type of features that have been launched by Bereel and that were not like, they were very, yeah, not mm. very spectacular. The core features of BeReal were, of course, long copied by all the other ones. And then I'm just going to quote from the, the Verge.com. The title is How BeReal Missed Its Moment. The reason for that slow fade should be obvious. The team failed to ship more than a couple of user-facing features over the past nine months. Uh, a private archive of your past posts was one of the features and the ability to add what song you were playing to your posts and that's it. Mm. So that's the whole new development that be real. So the point of the... the How many developers uh, do they have? The, the, I, I, the only thing I know is that it's a French uh, startup. Uh, so they're not from Silicon Valley or, yeah. or some other... Uh, they are French, but that's of course not the reason, but usually... We, when we look at startups and social media, all we see is what comes from Silicon Valley. And, and I was actually happy when I heard about the fact that it's a European startup. So I think, what I think is that this article um, kind of hit hard um, at uh, Be Real headquarters and they published something that looks as a blog post, something in between a press release and a, and a blog post. Um, um, but it's like the weirdest corporate communication I've ever seen. Uh, the title is called Testing, Testing. Do you know when you install a WordPress, um, so the first dummy post is called um, Hello World or something yeah, like something that? Yeah, something like that, yeah. So it, the title <laughs> Testing, Testing is, is like, okay, it's an unsigned blog post, and that's another thing that I really hate uh, when there's a communication that says the team. <laughs> <laughs> who, uh, who is the team? You want me to go to LinkedIn and actually look at a company page and then see who works there? Um, and um, it's it's in dark mode. Okay, I can get that. I can get that to put a page by default in dark mode. And there's like 50 emojis in this text. And <laughs> um, if emojis were part of the real culture, then mm. I would have gotten in on the joke. Yeah. Uh, but now I thought, well, what's next? You you could, if if you will sprinkle your announcement with emojis, why not go all the way and mm. set the font to Comic Sans? <laughs> uh, and uh, so, but it, it's the tone is also really weird. It's it's what um, my daughter calls salty, okay. um, and they claim that Be Real has over twenty million daily active users around the world. Okay. Yeah, I mean, there's no way we can check that because active users can only be counted by the platform itself. Um, it's just a weird, uh, a weird reaction. I, I don't think I can understand that the atmosphere in the headquarters is you had like a good run for like a year and a half. And then you have investors uh, going like, OK, and then when yeah. are you going to make money? And then it's not happening because the big boys have all copied your best features yeah. and then the new features you bring out. Um, they get pissed on by a, new, a news article, uh, but this this whoever decided to do this, uh, I don't know. Uh, that's uh, glad we have you if we need to uh, make an announcement. <laughs> yeah, and and then, and then there's Microsoft. So, um, 
Microsoft is very strong in B2B, right? So they have a lot of really big corporations uh, as their customers, for example, with uh, security services. They're not the only ones. Uh, I know that IBM, for example, also has like a very large part of their income coming from them offering security services to big corporations. Um, so one of the things that Microsoft has become really good at is to uh, protect whole countries um, against hacker attacks uh, because hackers, like many criminals, um, they adapt very quickly yeah. to whatever is uh, thrown at them. So every time you change the lock, so to speak, they will find other ways to break it. And uh, what I've seen, actually, I, I was at a presentation where one of the the guys who's, uh, he is, of course, ex-army, um, uh, the guy who's in charge of this type of security in, uh, from, uh, from Brussels, um, actually talked about the, the different types of hackers that there are now. So there are hackers who simply do it for money and they will ask like ransom money in crypto. Uh, but I also remember that there are nation states like North Korea and, and Russia. Oh, uh, really? Who actually are behind some of the hacker teams. Uh, so they have a whole classification of the different types and what they're really after and the techniques that they're using. And what I remember from that talk is that they give these groups, as soon as they see that it seems to come from a cluster of, of agents, they give them a name. And uh, they were using uh, the table of elements to give them a name. And uh, so you might have like Team Titanium is from North Korea. and then, But of course, this is limited. Mm -hmm. Uh, just like in an alphabet, there's only 26 letters and a uh, table of elements, there's only so many. Plus, you don't want to call a bunch of criminals team gold, right? <laughs> <laughs> so that's the, that's the issue that they had. And uh, so there's an, uh, an article on Wired.com. Uh, the title is, Hacker Group Names Are Now Absurdly Out of Control. Uh, why? Because uh, the names... <laughs> So the, the, the journalist, Andy Greenberg, who writes for Wired, he says, I actually, when I saw the new names that they're coming up with for these hacker groups, um, I double checked if the press release wasn't dated on the 1st of April because I couldn't believe the names <laughs> they were coming up with. Um, so there is a logic behind it. So there's now always an, uh, like an adjective and then a noun. Uh, so not just, you know, the, the name of one of the elements, uh, but an adjective and a name. And there seems to be a logic behind it. Um, uh, what is the, the, the behind the taxonomy? But I'm just going to read a few of the names uh, that are actual hacker groups. Uh, Pumpkin Sandstorm. <laughs> Spandex Tempest, which oh is, my God. that's my favorite. Spandex, Spandex, you know what Spandex yeah, is, yeah, right? So yeah. it's a stretchy. Stretchy material, yeah. Um, yeah, actually, yeah, you, some, yeah, it gives away a little too much if, if you're not wearing decent underwear in these. I've Def seen, definitely I've seen for things. a guy, definitely People, for a yeah, guy. Yeah, with a guy, you actually, <laughs> if you want to put it out there, uh, uh, yeah, and, and still not leave it hanging, you wear a spandex yeah. uh, short, right? Yeah. Uh, another one, Charming Kitten. Charming Kitten. Um, and uh, um, this is... This is actually, I'm, I'm not sure, this, is, this sounds like the names that these hackers would maybe give to each other, mm. to the other groups or to themselves. Yeah. Uh, uh, it's like, uh, you know, these secret underground movements, uh, they have code names, and then I would be Charming Kitten, obviously. <laughs> uh, Gingham Typhoon is, is uh, another one. 
periwinkle tempest uh, is is also one. Um, so and and then I thought, why are they doing this? Uh, probably they have a sense of humor, but also uh, naming something is also claiming power over something. Mm -hmm. And uh, and by giving them ridiculous names, that's actually genius. By giving them ridiculous names, I think they take away power from yeah. uh, from these hacker groups. Um, I, I just want to be a fly on the wall in one of those hacker groups <laughs> uh, of, of you know die-hard hackers who never see the light and 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 you know have been very careful at you know covering their tracks and they're like top of the game in hacking and and then they're called spandex team spandex tempest i mean they can be happy nice uh, so that's uh um another thing that i uh thought was really interesting content is uh so gary v who is like a content machine in himself uh he's uh he's everywhere all the time uh, he does keynote speeches, he publishes videos. I mean, he's got everywhere where he is, he has millions of followers and he posts. On almost every different platform, he has different content as well. Different content as well. So it's not like he, you know, in the morning he gets up and he says, yeah, it's another good morning and then reads the weather report or something and then uploads the same video to yeah, all the Yeah, but he has his team, uh, Vayner of Media, course. who is working on it as well. Yeah, of course, uh, Vayner Media. I can imagine that... Um, young creatives are fighting to have like an internship at mm. Vayner Media because you learn so much and it's a great reference. And probably they will be the ones who create the reels, the TikToks, etc. But it's always Gary's yeah, it's face, yeah. face talking. So you still have to come up with all of this content. Um, and uh, I know it's very meta. So GaryV.com um, is, I think, the best place to go find this piece of content. Um, great title, How to Make Content in 2023. Uh, that's, that's what he published. And uh, he talks about uh, a new concept that he's launched. He's calling it PAC, P-A-C, which is uh, short for uh, platform and culture. Uh, it's it, it, true to Gary Vee's uh, style, of course. Uh, he, he can... He can take something pretty complex, like, for example, what exactly does good content mean in 2023? It's a good question, but you know that the answer is going to be complex. Gary Vee's genius is that he takes this and then turns it into something, mm. something that everyone understands. So what does the platform mean in PACP, platforming and culture? Um, he says you have to create content that is fit for the particular platform, and that explains why the Gary V videos on TikTok are not the same ones as the one yeah. as an Instagram reel or a YouTube. So um, some things work on TikTok and you can't just copy that and upload it as a YouTube short. Um, uh, although I see like two thirds of the YouTube shorts I see are visibly TikTok material. Yeah. Um, so you have to make the effort to make uh, the, the to make content that is that is specific for that platform and use the features that make that specific platform unique. So for example, on TikTok, music plays a really big part in that. And then some of the special effects are also unique um, re response video. So there's so many things that make TikTok TikTok. Yeah. Um, while on Reels, uh, you will have to uh, yeah, edit something completely. Look at uh, Mr. Beast's content. It's flashing. And also the font he's using is not that, you know, uh, smooth. It's like Edgy. Comic Sans 2.0. Yeah. Oh yeah, over the top, a little but bit over the top. But it flashes and it's spam in your face. And, and that's good for Gen Z. 
or gen, gen alpha as well yeah. uh, while while youtube is, is you need something completely different yeah. youtube sometimes for me is is uh, if you scroll one because the, the the YouTube shorts, when you're watching YouTube from your app, you will you, when you scroll through your feed. I think one in three of the items you scroll through is a carousel mm. of uh, YouTube shorts. Um, and very often they are clips from old content. There's very, yeah. very little original content in there. And in my case, there's a lot of Keanu Reeves. Uh, <laughs> a mix of the real Keanu Reeves and unreal Keanu, for example. So it'll conf it, it, it's like a... Um, a bubble that will show you rehashed content that has been on the internet for a while. So that's something completely different than TikTok. So that's the P, P pack is is Gary yeah. con so platform. And then the second thing is culture. And then he says, and then it, you also have to make content not just for the platform, but that fits with the culture of your brand or yeah. your company. Um, and uh, and there are some surprises in there, like Ryanair, the way Ryanair makes content, the way Duolingo, the uh, yeah. the language it's app. Speaking, yeah. um, I think these two are two very good examples um, of how they show what the company culture is like, and then mm. implement that in the way they create content for, for example, TikTok. Mm. And then still have the same culture, tone and voice is what marketing people call this, the yeah. same tone and voice, same attitude, the same sense of humor, the same style, but adapted to the other platform. Um, so Ryanair will be different on, on YouTube, yeah. for example, and on Twitter. Um, so platform and culture, that's what Gary Vaynerchuk says. But for small companies, that's really hard work. That's why it's hard work. Yeah. He makes it sound so easy, platform and culture. Yeah. Um, but that's why it's a lot of work to yeah. use content marketing as your main uh, content marketing tactic. But it, it works because whatever platform you're focusing on, your own media, like your website and your newsletter and or social media, um, you will need to feed the content beast. Uh, even if you're SEO focused, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Uh, you need to push out a lot of content yeah. all the time, as we do. Yeah, and that's why our culture has worked together with creators. Yes, you can book them in, in your neighborhood, and you s can see when they are available. Uh, you can take a student for TikTok videos, for example, but you also can do a professional for explainer videos and stuff like that. So, indeed, yeah. Now, now is the time to get good at uh, skill up and become a creative. Yeah. Uh, I keep repeating this every week, but it's a very, very hung hungry market out yeah. there, and. Uh, um, I think there's also budgets, even though marketing budgets very often get cut whenever they're supposed to be, you know, uh, a company says, yeah, we need to cut budgets. It's probably going to be the marketing budget, but not for content marketing. Mm. So get good at creating uh, videos that are specific for the platform and still match the culture. Yeah. Uh, that's 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 the focus. Um, there's one lady I would like to um, mention today. I, whenever I can, I try to mention female artists and female uh, thought leaders uh, because yeah, it's so obvious to mention the classic male ones. Um, her name is Esther Perel, and um, I, I read a couple of books about her. So usually she's a psychologist, and um, she writes books about relationships and love. And uh, she, I, I heard, I, I missed it completely. She was in Belgium uh, earlier this week because she is Belgian born. She was born okay. in Leuven. Can you believe oh. that? Yes, Esther Perel. And um, 
Um, so I highly recommend uh, go to Amazon.com and then just uh, pick her latest book. She's great. But she was also at South by Southwest and had a great talk. Um, and uh, it's available on YouTube. The title is Esther Piddle on the Other AI, Artificial Intimacy. And, and that is, she's a great speaker. She's funny. She knows everything about what actually makes a real relationship work. Um, but also, um, she is very aware of the phenomenon of dating apps. Yeah. And uh, I think Tinder changed everything. And Tinder has been around for 10 years now. Um, Tinder and before that, Grindr, obviously. Um, but now, um, so I, I mentioned it before that a lot of 20-somethings now, for the first time in history, don't have a boyfriend or girlfriend. Um, and then there are some markets, like, for example, the Chinese markets, where um, a lot of people prefer having a virtual girlfriend or boyfriend over having a real one. Um, really? Yes. It, for example, uh, women, uh, well, that, like my Keanu Reba, we broke <laughs> up, right? So I had a replica uh, with a K, replica with a K is an app with a virtual companion. And I tried it out, and then yeah, it didn't work out. Let's put it that way. But it's it's a very big market. Like uh, women, for example, will appreciate this virtual boyfriend uh, that will sing them to sleep every night, and that remembers their birthday and the wedding anniversary. <laughs> um, uh, knows their sense of humor, uh, will ask, how was your day? That's yeah. a lot more than most boyfriends or girlfriends will do in reality. That's true, yeah. Um, so uh, Esther Pedal in her talk uh, about artificial intimacy um, is very well aware about how uh, algorithms serve as a market that doesn't want to take a risk in trying to find a new relationship. And just like sales, um, dating is a numbers game. So the more people you meet, the higher the chance mm. um, that you will meet uh, the one and only um, and now, of course, all of these apps also have artificial intelligence and, and are learning, just like in the movie Her, uh, from all of these other users and what type of intimacy they're looking for. Um, and, uh, and so we, we have, and that's our main point, we have optimized these apps are better than the real thing for mm. many people because they have optimized intimacy. Um, a lot of these apps are actually so good at making their users happy wow. <laughs> that it's uh, it's become harder for a real candidate boyfriend or girlfriend to keep up with that. Um, so that's her main point. And, and she says you, you can't actually optimize intimacy. Uh, we think we do um, because now we have to spend, we have to download an app and then spend $10 a month. Hmm. That's a lot less. Uh, yeah. by the way, than you usually spend on a girlfriend or boyfriend. Um, and still, it's more a, a more fulfilling relationship for me than it would be in real life. Um, but, uh, but she warns uh, against the impact that this technology is having on our real lives and because it lowers our expectations of intimacy between humans and leads us to settle for simulated versions of reality yeah, that may or may not be as satisfying or effective as actual human interactions. So because of these apps, actual human interactions are harder. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I can't imagine. And, uh, and, and then uh, I took notes uh, because it's an hour long talk uh, by de-risking, uh, because you don't have to go out and wait in a bar and then maybe this person doesn't show up, right? Mm -hmm. You just download the app and then, yeah. and then uh, 
By de-risking and automating life, we are turning intimacy into a commercialized process that eliminates errors, while at the same time, we are losing the social muscles that help us thrive in life. So, Black Mirror. <laughs> that's probably, yeah, uh. then, that, oh, I'm, 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 yeah, that's probably, a bl I hope there's a Black Mirror episode on, on the new dating. Uh, yeah, there is one. There already is one, right? Yeah. Um, so, and, and that's, that's, so she's not like, the, the sky's gonna fall and we have to ban AI. She's pointing to the real issue. Mm. Um, we have become incapable of tolerating any uncertainties or imperfections that may arise because the virtual boyfriend is perfect. Uh, and this leads to a checklist mentality in which we narrow our options and remain in a constant state of optimization. So after, after let's just say after Keanu, my virtual boyfriend, um, he is so perfect, he looks good, he doesn't fart, uh, he asks how I am, he remembers what I told him, uh, etc. he's considerate. Uh, and uh, this leads, according to Esther Perel, to People afterwards, whenever they meet someone, they say, compared to Keanu, actually, mm. I have this checklist. So you yeah. have to be funny, you have to be smart, you have to be considerate. And you and have to be artificial. I'm actually less capable of coping with someone who doesn't have like mm. a green check mark for every item on my list. The whole idea of having a checklist, she says, is actually not good. Mm. Because in reality, people, and she talks about her own husband, um, uh, that they, her checklist for the ideal husband, that he totally fails this checklist. Yeah, yeah, of course. And she says that probably he also has like a similar checklist for a wife and then she will also not take a lot of boxes on that one. And still they've been married for 40 years. So yeah. um, the, this, is, this is a lot bigger than what I thought the impact of Tinder was on dating and relationships. Mm. Uh, and it's the first time that I myself I have to admit that, yes, this is technology that has a negative impact on yeah. our life because we are no longer um, coming out of a relationship with a virtual boyfriend will make you handicapped in mm. coping with real people afterwards because you have other expectations yeah. now, like this checklist mentality. So, wow. Esther, but you have in China, you have uh, uh, virtual, reality, virtual reality holograms. They admire that girlfriend, manga girlfriend, or something yes, like that. Yes, yeah, so waifus, that yes, yes, yes. It's, they, they it's already there. It's, uh, it's been around for a while yeah. now. Um, the, the first time I heard about it was at Microsoft in, in 2017, I think, uh, when I talked about Xiao Eyes. And uh, Xiao Eyes is owned by Microsoft. It's a Chinese companionship app, and she's, uh, she's like exactly like in a movie, her. Um, she is the perfect girlfriend for millions of Chinese. And, and has been since 2017 or t 2019, I'm not sure, but uh, quite a while now. Uh, so it's been around for so long. It's not something that, you know, ChatGPT was launched in November and then, yeah. no, no, no. They, these dating apps have been around for, for a very long time now. Um, but, but Esther Pirel, um, for the first time, changed my mind about how big the impact can be on how we behave as humans towards other humans. Uh, yeah, we'll be forever alone uh, <laughs> because of these apps. <laughs> now, I want to end on a lighter note. I have a lot of weird and wonderful things uh, with me. So let's first have a look if there are any no, remarks, we don't have uh, any. questions. Nope. Uh, Frank, I can see you on Twitter. If you have any questions, let me know. And Bert, I salute you. Um, 
Okay, a game. Let's. Uh, you have my show notes open, um, so they all load pretty quickly. Um, so if you scroll down to the first weird and wonderful thing, it's uh, a, a social touring game. So as you know, it's called Human or Not AI. Human or Not AI. Um, as you know, the the Turing test developed by Alan Turing in in 1950-ish, I think. Um, is a is a test where by chatting with a computer that is hidden behind the screen, uh, you're chatting with a computer or a human you don't know. And the test is that if you ask it and it responds and you can't tell if it's a human or a computer, uh, then the computer pa and it's a computer, then the computer passes the Turing test. So, um, uh, human or not dot AI. Um, is that um, you have to? So we've just entered the website and then we get a question sub. Uh, so uh, we respond hello, um, something or someone we still don't know. Um, um, so there's a, a, a timer that counts down. You get two minutes to have a conversation with, which is probably an AI or a human. How's your day going? Um, pretty good. We're pretty awesome. Um, and then the other one, the other side is typing. Uh, and by the end of this conversation, which we'll still have to carry on, I'll just uh, uh, for another minute or so. How's the weather outside? Pretty. I, I when when it said sup, I thought this is a human. Yeah. Uh, but now it's uh, how's your day going with correct punctuation and capitalization. And then now I'm thinking, nah, it's an AI we're chatting with. Yeah. Um, and uh, so by the end of the conversation, so which is still 50 seconds. Um, we will have to guess, was this an AI or was this a human? I tried it three times, and in all three of the cases, it claimed it was a human I was talking with. Mm. Yeah. Mm -mm. So, yeah, I'm, I'm a little more cynical than you are. You're a lot more optimistic. I think we're all being guinea pigs in a social experiment uh, by some artist or university and uh, that we're now actually feeding um, something that will become a scientific report that says um, we uh, we uh, will not know if we will never know yeah. AI has become so good that we yeah. can still tell people it was a human and they will accept our answer for example it will be something fucked up like that yeah. Or, or am I just okay? So the the conversation time is over. What did who did you talk to, Phil? Human or a bot? You think a bot? You just talked to a human. So let us know. Let us know because I this is fishy. This <laughs> yeah. is fishy. So out of four times, the website tells us you've been talking to a human. I just refuse to believe that. Yeah. Uh, and I think it's a social experiment. Yeah. Probably. Um, so do try out human or not dot AI. And if you also get you just talk to a fellow human, then we definitely yeah. know that this is a setup. Um, there's another game that we're not going to play. I'm just going to talk about it. It's called uh, catpark.game. Um, it's, it's, um, it, it takes a while to play the whole game, and it's not for your entertainment. It's basically an educational website um, that will teach you what the mechanics are behind moral outrage and fake news, which is interesting because... Um, as you know, sometimes people believe, like the anti-vaxxers, uh, they genuinely believe that vaccines will give your children autism, something like that, oh. or that it is, uh, you know, the whole idea behind vaccines was, uh, or the pandemic, something like that. So people, 
or they believe fake news, right? So they see fake news on social media and they will share this fake news uh, because they really believe they are part of the few people who realize that there's uh, a conspiracy going on. So that's what catspark.game is trying to warn you about. Um, so it looks so innocently enough. So um, it's about a cat park that is going to be opened in the city where you live. And uh, since I'm a cat owner, you're a dog person, right? Yeah, I'm a dog person. Uh, but I'm a cat person. Uh, so I was for opening a cat park because you already have dog parks. Why not cat parks? Um, and uh, so at first I tried to say, no, I think it's a great idea. I'm going to like this on Facebook, etc. Um, I'm going to send this message to my friends and family uh, in something that is like a pink version of WhatsApp. And, uh, and then it gets a little bit out of hand. Uh, you will notice that the game will nudge you into getting very upset okay. uh, about this cat park. And it's, uh, you know, is the, this is not where funding should go to. What about, uh, et cetera. And then it, uh, uh, it, if you play it long enough, you will get, you know, you will also feel this moral outrage and then share fake news on Facebook about okay. that it should be stopped. Uh, the cat park should be stopped. And then the <laughs> politicians um, who agreed to give this funding should be canceled. So that's uh, catpark.game. Um, and then uh, there's another one. And we'll have to give another euro to the jar. Oh. Um, I just... Uh, I'll push it already. You, yeah, I just Elon Musk, there I said it. Elon Musk dot today. You have to go visit it. Um, the, so the headline for this website, Elon Musk today, is like Donald Trump, but for nerds. And what this website does is that it is uh, keeping um, uh, it's keeping track of all the promises that Elon Musk had ma has made uh, in the past ten or fifteen, uh, ten years or so. Oh actually use the promises that he makes about Tesla, for example, by 2023, we will have full, uh, full self-drive, for example. As an example, when I teach about business strategy is that if you have a visionary leader like the founder of the CEO, you must tell this person never to say anything that is attached to facts, uh, numbers or dates. Because on a visionary level, um, you cannot tie yourself to something as realistic as uh, a time or a yeah. date. But he does this all the all time. time. Yeah. All the time. Um, for example, let's just uh, say uh, one of his companies, uh, no, Neuralink, no, about Tesla, something pretty. So two, 232 days ago, Elon Musk said that Tesla would start paying customers when service appointments are rescheduled with little notice in order to be fair. So he promised this on the 9th of August on 2022, and it still hasn't happened. Um, that's that's one of the easy ones. The more you scroll down on this website, Elon Musk today, um, so over 4,000 days ago. Um, uh, he's, he's coming a little bit quieter on the Twitter, I see. The first one. That just doesn't. The first one is 160 days ago. That's that's a long time for him, not oh, to promise but, uh, something. Maybe uh, finally he realized that as, as he is a visionary. I don't contest that. Yeah. But a vision doesn't have a deadline. If uh, a vision is a dream, um, if it has a deadline, then it's a goal. Then yeah. it's an objective. A goal is a dream with a deadline. 
but he as a visionary should never talk about objectives or goals. But he talks about his vision. Isn't this for investors like the Boston Dynamics and his robots? Like, oh my God, Elon will pull it off. Like this, that investors are stockholders. Oh yeah, will yeah invest but, but in, in, uh, in having the the genius boy is is a dream for investors that they're willing to, to throw money at. Mm. Um, and and we've had a everyone is still waiting for the new Steve Jobs and the new Mark Zuckerberg. So that's why these accidents happen with yeah. uh, FTX and and. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, but in in his case, he the list is so long. <laughs> Um, that that it's it's a website that is it's not like you know we need to cancel him or it should be um, it's just that someone made the effort to keep track uh, of uh, to keep nice. the score of all of his promises. <laughs> One of the older ones is uh, ten years ago. Uh, he promised superchargers, Tesla yep. superchargers, in the future that they would be free and solar powered. Mm. Ten years ago, so that you see those. Uh, I, I'm, I'm trying not to smirk, uh, but it's uh, Elon Musk today. It's uh, <laughs> an amazing website, I think. What else do we have? Uh, that's the the last one for today. I try to um, to end with uh, always try to end with something more philosophical and and zen, um, because uh, we have we have we have chaos. And a lot of amazement. And there's amazement, <laughs> and everyone gets excited. And then just to land a little bit on our feet again, I try to find something. Uh, no, not the gorillas. Uh, the koi pond. The URL of this website is koi. It's koi or the fish, right? So uh, there's uh, quite a few Asian cultures where they believe that koi, the fish, bring luck. Yeah, um, and uh, and that's why uh, to have them in your house uh, brings luck, and and that's why some <laughs> of them, especially the ones that are white with a red uh, dot on their heads, so they look like the Japanese flag, uh, are pretty expensive. Uh, but what we're looking at, koi pond, koi like the fish, k o i koi pond dot fish, is uh, is a website where I'm totally mesmerized. So yeah. there's a, a number of crudely drawn. Um, koi fish swimming around slowly in a blue ocean, and uh, you can you can feed them uh, by throwing around little dots, and then whenever there's a little dot for them to eat, they, the one of them will swim swim up to it and eat it, and that's it, folks. That's it. I mean, there's no sound effect, there's no ambient music. <laughs> Um, they don't do a happy little fish dance. We don't do any Nothing poetry this all. week. Nothing at all. Uh, it's just a slowly swimming koi fish in an imaginary koi fish, koi point, koi, <laughs> <laughs> koi pond uh, swimming towards your little red dots. Yeah. So next week we're, yeah, know, we're back. We're going to make it happen. Yeah. Uh, this is a commitment that we're making to ourselves, not only to be here next week, but to also be able to announce that socialrunners.com is going to the next phase and uh, pop champagne. Woo. Uh, and I'm, I'm deliberately, you know, saying it out aloud so that we will, even if you have to pull an all we speak it into existence, we speak it in. That's that's the real thing to say. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yes, let's uh, speak, speak it into existence. The new new and improved version of socialrunners.com next friday yeah thank you very much and don't forget to subscribe on spotify apple podcast or substack and youtube 
and YouTube and, and Substack. Yes. We love you. Take bye care. bye. Bye bye.